Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Mediocre Dads. I am your host, Quan Wilcox. Of course, you know me as Q. And as you can tell, I'm back in the original studio, ready to give you guys some more action. Uh, me and Gabe are still doing our thing. We always will continue to do our thing as long as we are kind of co-located in the same area, you know, barring the military and whatnot. So, uh, you know, be on course, be on the lookout for my episodes for me and him, obviously, uh, for those who do follow him on social media, you do, you can, you, you know where he's at, where he's been at and what he's got going on. So, uh, of course, if you don't follow snapback Vado, uh, go follow him on all of the social media platforms, uh, because he does produce good content. Con <laughs> he produces awesome content for his podcast, um, comfort and chaos, but enough of that back to mediocre dads. Uh, before I get into it, please like subscribe and follow the podcast, follow the show, YouTube, rumble, Spotify, uh, Apple podcast. Uh, please, your support is, is greatly appreciated. All the people who like and share my stuff and all the people who go view my stuff. It's, I appreciate it and please continue to do so. Um, uh, before I get too deep in the episode, let me just say, <laughs> Being mediocre is a choice. Refuse to be mediocre. Okay, uh, it's a it, it's our punchline here. We live by it. We stand by it. And if you are a dad, you know exactly what I mean when I say being mediocre is a choice. Uh, so on this episode, though, uh, you know I say everybody every episode is near and dear to my heart because they are, and I want to give you guys some good contact in which you could content in which you could go back to, refer back to, and kind of really think about you know, apply it to your life and where it's applicable. Uh, and, uh, on this episode, you know, I'm going to start off with a story, um, a, a story about for me when I was growing up and, uh, for those who know me, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't the best kid. Right. Uh, and I was always getting in trouble. Me and Queese were always getting in trouble in school. And there was, uh, this moment, um, where, a realization kind of set in and, uh, and it was kind of a, it didn't, and now I didn't change overnight and I didn't completely change, um, in school, but there was a, a slight change that I hope, you know, my parents or someone else in my life who noticed there, this change had occurred. And this change was, um, after a conversation that was had with me, um, and it wasn't by my dad. You know, uh, I've gotten several conversations by my, from my dad about being good or being better, you know, being responsible. Uh, and you know, when you're a kid, you, the people you are supposed to listen to, you primarily don't listen to because, uh, I guess you want to make their life harder. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't always listening to my parents, but this, this conversation, it didn't come from, you know, my, my dad or, or my mom, it came from a, it came from a, a inspirational person in my life at the time, uh, a, an adult male in my life who I, who I looked up to because he was, he was like, it just was the definition of, in my head of what a man 
was supposed to be or look like and embodied. He embodied that, right? He embodied the character and the physique, if you will, of what a man is supposed to be. And it's not to say my dad didn't, but you know, again, I was adopted, you know, and my dad was white and there were still, there's still part of me at that time looking for a, a, a black male figure in my life to answer some of those questions, those un those unanswered questions that my dad wasn't, wasn't going to be able to answer for me. Uh, and so this gentleman, uh, and I, I won't use his name because, you know, I, I, uh, I like to keep people's, um, lives you know, private, but this gentleman had a conversation with me one day, uh, end of regards to my behavior and, uh, how I've been acting and how, you know, there are going to be consequences in my life. Uh, if I continue to act this way. And he wasn't just talking about, you know, in that particular moment, he was talking about this moment. And, uh, uh, as I, or these, the moments as I get older, he was referring to those. And that's what I believe at at the time I was thinking about that right then and there. But the more I think about this conversation we had, he was referring to the, as I get older and become an adult and responsible and I'm responsible for myself, my family, my, uh, my kids that I cannot continue to down this path of, 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 of negativity or, or of lack of discipline. Um, and so, uh, you know, he had this conversation and we, we talked for some time and it was, it was a great conversation. You know, um, I listened, I was intentful. I, I, I felt motivated I felt a sense of, 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 uh, of mental resilience and toughness that I could beat or defeat, if you will, this, uh, this, this behavior of, of just acting out and being the class clown. Like I didn't need to do that anymore, especially with around this individual with when this individual was present, I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to be that person. I could just be myself, but also be a respectful individual within the classroom. And, um, you know, uh, he told me, he told me that people in school are, are not going to care about the things I did right here, or then here, here and there. And then at that moment, 10 years ago or 10 years from now, or five years from now, even, or whatever, three years from now, they're not even, it's going to be, it's going to be a distant memory. It's not going to be something that they care about. And, um, and man, was he right? Cause you know, fast forward to now. Um, so today's the 19th. If you follow me on social media, you see, I'm sure you saw my post. I just officially hit 10 years in the army. Uh, and my birthday was last week, uh, on the, uh, the 12th. So, um, you, I say that say just to kind of age myself, but anyway, um, fast forward to now it's 2023. I'm 29 years old now. Uh, I have two kids, uh, and I, I, I'm 10 years into my career as a soldier. Uh, and, um, I can tell you that I have forgotten a lot of things that I said, did, or committed to, if you will, when I was in fifth to sixth grade, or even, even in high school, you know, like I can't even remember I can barely remember middle school. Um, I, I do have some great fond memories from middle school, but like, I, I can't remember some of the, a lot of the things, those daily things that I did in, uh, during class that I thought, man, I'm gonna remember this forever. 
um, and whatever the case might be. So, you know, him telling me that and not having this concept or understanding of how time worked um, to the magnitude that I do now, I was just, again, I was listening. I was intentful because I, I appreciated what he was saying. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, but you're like an old guy. So you don't know. You don't understand what I'm going through. You just, you think you do, you know, because when you were growing up, times were different and, you know, things are, kids are different nowadays. What we're interested in nowadays are different. We got video games, we got cell phones. And I mean, like they were, they weren't cool cell phones. You know, the sidekick was cool when I was, when I was a kid. And so I don't know if my viewership knows I'm well, I, I lied. I know my viewership knows what a sidekick is. If you had a sidekick, it was like the coolest thing in the whole world, as well as the razor when the razor phone came out. Anyway, I'm going to get down that rabbit hole, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this individual doesn't know or can possibly understand what I'm going through and what I'm, how I'm thinking, why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm thinking he's just, he's just trying to give me his, uh, his, his wis this wisdom that is coming from nowhere out of books if you will he's just reading books and he's just like this is some good wisdom to impart onto the younger generation right not realizing that he's speaking from a place of of a, a personal experience and you know and when we're children we just man we just don't listen and i, I say that because you know if for you those who have kids you you know like kids don't listen to you for whatever reason and even though you want what's best for them they tend to always want to follow the path in which they want to follow, which, hey, by all means, you know, follow the path and the that you believe in, which is meant for you. Obviously, if it's given to you from the Lord, then please, by all means, follow that. You know, uh, our us parents are not meant to, you know, you know, hold you back, if you will. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, he he continued this conversation. And he kind of finished with he goes, you know you're probably going to forget this, that we had this conversation. And he said, you're probably not going to, um, think back to this talk, uh, two weeks from now, you're just gonna probably forget about it. It's going to be a thing of the past. He goes, but my hope is when you get older and, uh, wiser that you'll think back to this conversation and you'll think back to this moment. And when me and you were just talking and what we were talking about and how, you know, um, important discipline and can it help important and effective discipline is, especially in a young man's development and life. And so, um, that of course led me to hear into us having this conversation and, um, uh, kind of leads me into the main, the main, um, topic of this episode, which I, I, I'm going to tell you what the topic is. And I'm sure some of you might think like, man, this just kind of sounds like a repeat of previous episodes. Um, and it, it might, but it's, it's different. I promise it's different in the sense that, um, I'm talking from about different points here rather than, uh, about discipline or whatever the case might be. It come, it's coming from a different, um, different angle, if you will, on, on applying real life experience to, uh, and putting it into actual work or effort, right. Or into, to play, if you will. And so what I mean by that, this episode is focusing on, 
you know, young men's development from when, from that age when they were kids to becoming young men to working their way to adolescent adolescence and therefore becoming adults. Um, and I say for young men, uh, because I was a young man at one point in my life, uh, I have daughters now. And so I, I haven't experienced that. I don't know. I'm not at that point where I can, I can impart wisdom on you on, you know, from that, from that phase of being a child to a, to a young woman. When I reach there, we'll talk about it for now. We're going to talk about young men. And, um, so this is for my, my audience who has, who has sons. Um, and if you want sons, please, by all means, I appreciate it still if you continue to listen. But, uh, so young men are, are just full of, (laughs) um, just full of energy. And, you know, from a, from a young age, they're always, most of them are told like, oh, you have ADHD, you have ADD, you have all these things, you can't sit down. It's just like, you know, cause young men are just, they're ready to see the world, um, experience the world at, a, at such a young age without realizing that they need to take those baby steps to get to where, to when they're ready to really experience the world, if you know what I mean. And, um, and what I mean by that is, when I was, when I was, uh, in shoot, what grade was I in? Let's call it fifth or sixth grade. I don't even, I don't remember what age I turned 12, but or 12 to 14, if you will. But when I was in fifth and sixth grade, uh, I remember thinking to myself like, you know, I'm, I'm becoming a man. You know what I mean? Like I, I fully believe that I was, I was a man or like turning into a man. And I knew what manhood looked like and what it, what it, what it was supposed to be like I had this idea in my head that I understood manhood uh and boy was I wrong <laughs> I let me tell you first and foremost I was totally wrong I did not know what I had I didn't have a clue what I was talking about or where my head was but I I had formed it this into my head that I was a man and um and so I would carry myself in a manner which and I thought was appropriate to be I can still be a kid, but I can still be a man when I, when I need to put my foot down, if you will, I can still be a man. And, um, that didn't go so well because of course I didn't know again what a man was. <laughs> and so, uh, there were a lot of times where my dad definitely had to kind of cock his head to the side and say, excuse me, who are you talking to? You know what I mean? I, I'm sure we've had several moments with, uh, us parents have had several moments with our kids where we have to kind of turn our head and be like, I don't know who you think you're talking to. Right. Um, anyway. And so, um, I just kind of, I kind of thought I had it figured out. Uh, and I, uh, I, I as I said, I was wrong, but it's my, my point for bringing this up. And I, cause I want to give you a background. I want to give you background. I want to give you context. And my, my point of bringing this up is there was an incident, um, Again, I'm not going to bring up names, but I had a fr- I have a friend. Um, and me and my wife have a friend of ours uh, who is uh, going through, th- through what she's going through. So she's raising her three kids by herself, and um, and you know they are her boys are they're phenomenal 
and really great, really great boys, you know, and they, uh, they need, uh, more structure, right? Because they only have their mom and her, their mom can, can only do so much. So she does rely on, um, those, those Christian men and those, those who she trusts and, uh, to be around her sons to kind of help put the, you know, put the, put the foot to butt at times, if you know what I mean, right? We're not like harming her kids or anything, but, you know, kind of helping with that, laying the law and giving them that example of what a man is, looks like and does, uh, at times. And so, you know, there was this moment where, uh, one of her sons was acting up and he's, and he's the, he's the, he's the, the middle son and he was acting up and I got a call because uh, we, we all happened to be hanging out, but they went to, they went to the store and, uh, asking for, for some assistance. Cause he was just, he just wasn't having, having it, you know? And, um, the group that was together, we were all together when we got the call, uh, initially the initial reaction was like yeah hey we're gonna send Quan. he's gonna come down there right and he'll like put you know foot to butt and handle it take care of the situation if you know what i mean and and initially i thought like yeah this is this is what i'm gonna go do i'm about to go down there and um i'm about to go handle this and uh on the drive there i really was thinking i was thinking to myself like man this isn't my kid it's not my place to put my hands on him. Um, but at the same time, would that be an effective method to get him to not continue this behavior? Would he leave here thinking like, yep, I got popped in the butt or whatever in the mouth, whatever it is. And now I know that I I shouldn't be acting this way and everything's going to be different now. Right. I said, or what would be a more effective way to, to really impact his life in a moment, in a small moment for him, right? What would leave an, an everlasting memory or something of him in his mind where he's like, you know, I could have, I could have been, I could have gotten, you know, popped. I could have gotten yelled at right could where I could have raised my I could have raised my raised my voice and said I'm man listen to me roar type thing right and this is please understand like these are all this these are methods in which have proven to be an effective form of parenting um for millennium right however um as I've said previously you know emotional intelligence is, is is it's a beautiful thing right and one of my biggest things is wanting to be able to part on young men in particular is having the ability to understand our emotions and work through those emotions. And so on my drive there, uh, and it's, it, it's, it's like, understand guys, it's, it's a, it's one of those 10 minute drives. That's like, yeah, it's like 10 minutes, but it's 10 minutes. If like, if I get stuck at the stop sign for too long or at the stoplight for too long, you know, like if this, if these two lights, just if I miss the green light, then it's going to take me 10 minutes. But if I get through these two lights or in the stop, in the stop sign, I'll be there in like five or six minutes. Right. And the problem is the longest part is finding them in the parking lot. Right. So anyway, on the way here, on the way to that, um, to meet them, I'm thinking like to myself, like what would be the best way 
to inflict a form of punishment that would get him to really think about it. And I think back to myself growing up, I think back to the conversation I had with this, with this, um, this gentleman who owed me nothing, didn't have, didn't require, wasn't required to have this conversation with me, but took the time to really understand me and listen to what I had to say. Um, and I, I said, you know what, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to talk to him. And because, you know, he probably, he's at the age where he is like, he's finding himself as a young man and wanting to be seen as a man. He wants to be identified as a man. He still wants to do kid like things, but he still wants to be seen as a man, even though he's, 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 I think he's like 12 to 13. He's at that age where he wants to be seen as a man and he wants that recognition and that validation from men that he respects and other men are in his life. And so me being a, one of those men, I believe, I believe I'm one of those men. Um, he, I, I thought, you know what, instead of going there, raw, raw charging, like I'm look at me, I'm strong. I'm freaking, rah, I can, you know, whatever. Right. Excuse me. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me, let, let me, let me do, let me have this a different approach on this. And again, not gentle parenting and he's not my son to parent. However, um, when called upon to assist in, in parenting, if you will, or to be a ma- a, a fatherly figure slash male figure in, 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 uh, in this young man's life in particular for this conversation, uh, I immediately think like a dad. And so, um, I, I, I was, I just had to, had to think back to what would I want? How would I want to be talked to? What would work for me and still get the point across? And so anyway, that point was have a conversation with him. So I show up, I pull into the parking lot, find them in the parking lot, I back in and, um, the moment I get there, you know, you can see the, the anger because he's in the car in the backseat. It's just the, the anger, and the but the, 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 the toughness on his face that he's showing, right? He's, he's emotional. He's angry. He's sad. Um, but he only, the only emotion he knows what to show, how to show is anger because he can trust that emotion to get him through anything in life, especially as a man. He can trust, he can rely on anger is going to be more effective than sadness, right? And so he's showing me anger. And again, a lot of this is body language and watching, watching these these young men's and these kids body language. And so, um, I, uh, I come around and I try to open the door, but he's holding down the lock. And so, you know, his mom unlocks the car. I open the, try to unlock the, open the door, but he's just pushing down the lock every time she presses on lock. I said, don't even worry about it. You know, let's, let's, let's do it in his arena, if you will. Cause I can, it could, this can still be in an effective conversation, even in his realm. Right? I don't need to pull him out the car and make him feel little or small standing in front of me. Um, when I want him to listen and understand what I'm trying to say to him. So, uh, I go around and I'm in the front seat and I'm, I'm looking back at him, um, looking back at him from the front seat. I'm saying, and I, and I start my conversation. I said, Hey man, 
uh, what's going on? You know, what, what happened? I was like, you guys just left. You're going to the store. Things seem good. You guys were, you know, you guys were happy. I'm sad that you were leaving, but things were good. Like what, what happened Putin now, uh, are then and now. And, um, at first he didn't say anything. And, uh, his brothers were sitting right there. It was, it was running outside. So they, they tried to chime in, but I immediately let them know like, Hey, Nope, this is a conversation between me and him. This is not for you two. You two are going to be here to listen, but you two are not going to interject. That's not your that's not the time and place, and this is not for you guys to interject. And um and so they, they stopped and then I and I and I continued with him. I said, Hey man, just kinda of let me know like from start to finish, kinda of telling me what happened. Uh took a couple of seconds and he finally was told me what happened. Uh and how you know, they wanted initially they were going to go to McDonald's and then, and then go to the store. But then mom said, made the better financial decision. Hey, I'm going to take you to HEB instead. And then we're going to go home. Um, you know, because instead of going to McDonald's paying what you're paying for McDonald's nowadays, which is astronomical in my opinion, but still it'd be cheaper to go to HEB. So she pulls into HEB and takes them to HEB so they can get some, they can pick one or two things, a drink, a meal, or, a, or a, not a meal, but a, a snack of some sorts, <clears throat> healthier one for that matter, to go on the road. Um, and kids, being a kid not understanding that, only heard McDonald's and wanting McDonald's, he got upset that didn't, couldn't get the McDonald's like originally said. And, and so he's telling me this and I'm listening. I want I'm, I'm listening because in listening, I'm telling you, if you can show intent and when you're listening, active listening, these, they receive it, whether at the moment they don't, they don't feel that you're not at the moment, they're still upset, you know, and you're not, you're not able to see that they're receiving the active listening. I promise you they're receiving it well, because this is, they want to be recognized as a man again. They want to be seen as, Hey, I'm that guy. I'm a man. You know, I'm him type thing, you know? And so he, uh, um, he continues to talk and I let him say his whole spiel and he tells me about everything that he did. And I say, Hey man, thank you. I appreciate you telling me that. I appreciate you telling me what you did. Now I said, however, understand there are consequences to everything that we do in life, negative or positive. And I said, it is not, I said, it's unacceptable for you to act like that. And I said, are you paying for this car? He's like, no. Okay. Are you paying for McDonald's? He's like, no. Are you paying for the food in HEB? He's like, no. I was like, all right, man. So hear me when I say this. While you wanted that, that's not up to you. That's up to your mom, right? So that's one. I said, number two, I said, hey, man, you have a younger brother who watches what you do. Do you think that's an appropriate behavior to show him that when you get upset, this is how you act? He's like, no. I was like, do you want him acting that way? Because when you're older and he acts that way, especially to your mom, you're going to step up and defend your mom because you know that's your mom. He's like, yeah, right. So why would you do that to her? But you would say it's unacceptable for him to do that. It's like, can't do that. I said, then I, then I went to with, I said, Hey man, you're angry. I can still see it. And at this point he's, he's, he's fighting back tears 
and I don't say these things to like belittle this, this, this gentleman or this young man or make him feel small or, or, or less than I say this because it's important for y'all to understand, right? Like this young man is fighting back tears because he's angry, but he's truthfully, he's more, he's sadder, sadder, sadder. Yeah. He's sad more than he is angry. And so he's fighting back tears. And so it's like one or two tears are coming out. And I'm like, man, listen, I said, I know you're angry still. I said, but man, you cannot allow that anger to control you. I was like, because when it controls you, it consumes you. And when it consumes you, you forget about everything else around you. And then when it's, when the dust settles, man, and you have to live with those consequences of everything you did when you were angry. I was like, but the moment it happens, you have to learn how to take a deep breath and take a step back. I was like, because as men, everybody expects us to get angry. When we get angry, we can punch things. We can put holes in walls and we can push people. We can even almost get in the verge of fighting others. I was like, and they see that in some, in some circles, they see that as an acceptable way for men to really let their anger out because we're men and we can do whatever we want. But it's in the reality is no, we cannot do that. We as men need to know when to, when to ball our fists and when to say, Hey, this, this behavior is unacceptable. Now I get, I'm 29 years old and I've been, I've been on this world obviously for 29, for 29 years, but I've been in the army for 10 years now. And so this took some learning for me and I'm still not great at it. However, do I expect this 12, 13 year old to, tomorrow the very next day to be able to apply this to his life no but i wanted him to hear this and so i'm so i continue the conversation where i say hey man anytime you feel yourself getting angry i was like anytime and you know when you're about to get angry instead of letting that first thought that initial thought take over of i can get angry now and i'm gonna do all these things i said take a step back and take a deep breath i was like take three deep breaths take a step back and i said i promise you that second thought will be the thought that will determine or will be the, probably be the better thought for then to determine what your future looks like from that moment. And I said, you know, your mom loves you so much. I was like, you guys have no idea the things that your mom deals with in the background. You have no idea what your mom does to make you guys happy. And I was like, this is, this is for all of you. I was like, your mom puts you guys to bed and, you know, puts you to bed every night, goes to bed herself, wakes up in the morning before you guys up are awake and then says to herself, how can I make my sons happy? What can I do to make my son, give my sons a better life, a happier life? And I was like, you guys don't see these things. You don't hear these things. All you see are the rewards and the benefits of all the things that she does to do that for you. And I was like, if you could be walk a mile in your mom's shoes, I said, I promise you, you would, you, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be acting this way. You would be like, Nope, listen, we got to act better guys. We got to do better. We have to do better. And I said, you won't get that now. But I said, when you have your own kids, when you become a man, I said, you're going to understand you and some things come to light about your mom. You're going to really understand what she was doing for you. I said, 
all for, for now, all you have is my word and me telling you that the things that your mom does for you is, is something that you cannot take for granted. Cause then when you take it for granted and it's no longer there, you're going to be confused, lost and dazed. And I said, man, your mom is over here crying and upset because she wants to give you the world, but she doesn't know how to give you the world. And then as well as make sure that you guys can get home, but she can put gas in the car and she can feed you. And it's, and it's not to say like she's broke or she's poor or anything, but she, you know, raising three boys, especially three young men, you have to, you have to be financially, <clears throat> you have to take care of yourself financially. You can't just go out and waste and blow money. And that's, that's for anybody raising kids, right? More than one kid. You just, you have to be able to manage your money better. And so I, I was like, man, look, she's crying. She's crying because she's sad because she's like, I thought that I was like, yeah, McDonald's would be great. But like, I, her, I guarantee you, I said, Hey man, I wasn't here, but I guarantee you her thought process was I can take you to H E B and you guys can get more, more bang for your buck. than you can get fries and a cheeseburger and a drink. Right. Or you come to H E B. I mean, they got a burger, but you can get, you can get multiple snacks and of things and a drink and it'd be more worth it for you. Her, her, her thought process was how to make them happier and what would make them happier and what would make him happier rather than, well, H-E-B is right here. So I'm going to go to H-E-B because that's what I just want to do. And blase, blase. I was like, nah, man, it was for her. Cause she wanted, she, it was for you. Cause she wants to do, she does everything for you. And, you know, in, in that, in that conversation, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little, I yeah, I'm getting a little, I was getting choked up myself because I'm just sitting here thinking like, man, you guys have no idea how, how good you have it. Because then I kind of thought back to when I was growing up and all those times I was, I was being bad or, and my parents had to, uh, uh, um, had to punish me and my brother or for whatever we did. But then thinking back to like all those things that they wanted to give us, but you know, you can't reward bad behavior. So then it's like, it saddens you because you're just like, man, if you just listen just a little bit more, man, I, I promise you, I'm, I'm here to give you the world and man, I just need you to be able to receive it. But you have to be, there are things that are required on your part in order to receive these, these rewards and these benefits and these, this, this joy and this happiness that I'm trying to give you, right? You have to, um, you have to be. You you have a, own your own personal accountability and responsibility that you have to that you're obligated for, um, and so that, and that's what I was trying to instill to this or give to this young man, and, and I and in part I think I did right. At all in all, towards the end of the conversation, he was kind of letting more tears come out, and I said, "Hey man, listen, it's okay." I was like, "But you cannot." I was like, "You cannot let your anger determine your dictate or determine what your actions are." It's not to say boy. Uh, you know, pin it up inside, but it's to say, okay, I need to take a breather and maybe ask, Hey, why can't we go to McDonald's instead of H E B? You said McDonald's and I've really got excited for McDonald's expressing how you felt and why you felt it rather than just getting upset. I was like, you know, you have to, you need to learn how to try to express yourself 
so that other people understand how you're feeling. If you're feeling angry, you're feeling upset, like, hey, I'm upset because, you know, you said we could go to McDonald's. And I got excited in, in my mind about going to McDonald's and wanted to go to McDonald's. And then you immediately drop a hat, change it to HB and said, we're going to HB and didn't even give me, didn't give an option to say, can we change our mind back to go to McDonald's? And McDonald's was, you know, on the corner from where HEB is. And, um, and I said like, Hey man, next time it's just a conversation. I said, it really is. I guarantee you if it's just a conversation, you say, Hey mom, like I really got excited for McDonald's. And is there any way we can go to McDonald's? Is there any way that maybe I, I could just get McDonald's and they can get something from HEB? I was like, but it's a conversation. Now it doesn't mean she's going to say yes, but it means it helps her to understand why you were upset and it helps you guys to have a conversation about it. And then for her, cause she, to give you an explanation, she doesn't owe you one, but to give you an explanation to say, Hey, this is why we're going to HEB and this is why I want to go to HEB. Again, doesn't owe you one, doesn't have to give you one, but again, a way in which we can, uh, a way in which you can guys can come to an understanding for each other. Um, we had a good conversation, um, and, and we finished the conversation and he was still upset. I he finally got him out of the car and I told him, I said, Hey, um, come, uh, come out of the car, come out of the car and come out of the car. I said, Hey, come out of the car and, um, come talk to your mom. I said, you're still angry. You still owe her an apology. I said, apologize. Give her a hug. I was like, she's sad. Just like you're sad. And I said, man, the two people that you guys want to want the most are each, I like the two people that both of you are, you're angry at, but the both, the person you want to hug right now is each other. I said, come tell you, come say your mom, tell your mom, you're sorry and give her a hug. And I said, you're still, you might still be angry afterwards. And I said, the car ride is a time is the time for you to really kind of take a breather and kind of sit back and just process that, that being upset. But for now, come give your mom a hug and apologize. And man, he got out of the car. I dapped him up, kind of gave him a little, a little bro hug, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, he gave his mom a hug and he told her, he was sorry. And, uh, I told him, I said, Hey man, you know, um, there's going to be more moments like this in your life, but it's up to you to decide, you know, what you do from the moment that anger comes. Um, and you know, they, then they went home and I, and I, I went back, uh, to, to my, to our group, our original group that we were all hanging out with. And they were like, there was this initial um, moment where they're all like, Oh, did you really give it to him? Did you let him know? Like, yeah, like he was wrong for that. Like, did you, did you, you know, you know, basically put hands on him and like, you know, rough him up a little bit. And I said, no, nah, I just had a conversation with him. I said, I have a conversation with him because he wanted, he would, he responded better to the conversation and he wanted to be seen. He wanted to be seen as a man. And now he's, he's still young to be considered for me to consider him a man, but I, he wanted to be respected 
or someone enough to respect him enough to have that conversation with him as a man would rather than come say, Hey, I'm, you're, I'm an adult. You're a kid. I can put my hands on you and show you that there's consequences to your actions. Right now. It's not to say that spanking or, or whatever is not a, is a bad form of, 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 of parenting or punishment, but there's a time and a place. I always believe there's a time and a place, right? Not every, not every punishment requires to be a kid to be spanked. And so, um, anyway, uh, he, you know, he, uh, uh, they, we kind of had this conversation where one of my friends was very like, nah, I would have, you know, I'll let him have it. You know, it's like, I was like, I can't, I couldn't. I was like, because he wanted to be respected. He just wanted to be seen as a, as a, as, as, as a, as a, as a young man coming into manhood. And I wanted to, and I had, and I felt compelled to give it to him. And boy, did he receive that well. Did he take that on well? And, um, and so, you know, differing of a different difference of opinions on how it was handled, but I felt it was handled amicably and it was good. And I was happy with the conclusion. Um, and so I say all of that to say, guys, that, you know, there are different ways in which as men and as fathers, we can handle young men, the young men in our lives, whether this is your sons or your cousins or your nephews in your life. Right. And appropriate time for for laying down the law, appropriate time to say, hey, man, you know, let's have this conversation as men and let's go from there and see what it goes from where it takes us. But what I've found is. Young men respect and they listen more when they're seen as men. Again, they're not, but when they're seen in a way in which they feel they it, it gives them that validation that they're looking for, they respect you more and they hear you more and then they listen more and they listen better. So that's my 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 wisdom to you guys. Um I wanted to part uh, with you before I completely part with you. I wanted to uh, read um, a verse um, from the Bible here, from my Bible, um, about fatherhood and um, and kind of how I felt this was applicable um, because. You know, we can, you know, we can, you know, I'll give you two verses, right? I'll give you two verses. And cause you know, one can, can be the way where you, you lay down the law and the other one is, in my opinion, one of the best ways in which, you know, you will receive your, your children and those, those sons and those nephews will receive you better and receive them for what you're telling them a lot better. So the first one is um, Proverbs twenty two six. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. So my my hope was to direct him on a path in which of respect for his mom, respect for adults, and respect for other people in his life, and that that will follow him and take him further and when he gets in when he becomes adult something in which he can stand firm upon and say hey i was taught respect at a young age 
and I'm going to continue to be respectful to those around me because I want respect in my life. Um, uh, another one, um, that again, that might seem like, you know, like, you know, I'll lay down the law, right. It will speak to this in, in my opinion. Um, those who spare the rod of discipline, hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. So it mentions, you know, sparing the rod. And a lot of us interpret that to be spanking. Um, and, but my favorite part of this one is, and again, it's Proverbs 13, 24. My favorite part of those is those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Discipline comes in many forms and fashion, right? It doesn't just needs to be a, a physical form of discipline. And so that what for me was like, nah, this, this is discipline, right? Getting scorned, you're getting talked to and letting this, this person's your father, a father figure or a manly figure is letting you know, like they're disappointed in you because they expected more from you. They've seen better from you and they're expecting more from you. Um, and then the final one that I'll leave you guys with is, uh, Proverbs one, eight, my child, listen, when your father corrects you, don't neglect your mother's instruction. And for me, this one, that one is the big one, right? Because it mentions the mother's instruction and it was his mother in which he wasn't listening to. And, uh, you know, I told him, I was like, Hey man, you'd be grateful for your mom and who her, how present she is and how much she loves you. I was like, because, you know, there was, there's so many different people in their lives who don't, who don't, who don't have their mom, their mothers or their mothers don't care about them. I said, man, when I was growing up, uh, again, I was, y'all know I was adopted, but when I was first adopted, um, and I would get in trouble, there were many nights, there were many times I would cry for my mom to come pick me up. And, uh, you know, she never showed up obviously, but, um, I said, I told him, I said, Hey man, I was like, man, your mom's crying, man. She's upset because she's sad because she loves you so much and she doesn't want to hurt you, but she wants to see you happy. She wants to see that smile and that joy in your life. And she wants to be the one to bring it, not cause pain and anger in you. I was like, but I said, I said, man, you know, when I was a kid, I used to cry for my mom and the, and he knows I was adopted and I was like, I used to cry for my mom every night and, uh, she never came. I was like, but you have a mom right here. Who's, who's, who's willing to give you the, who's offering you the world. All you got to do is do your part. I say, so be grateful what you have. Cause I promise you, I was like, you know, some people in their lives don't have it and you'll see when you get older what I'm talking about. So anyway, that is it for this episode. I don't hope it wasn't too doom and gloom. Uh, thank you for joining me, uh, mediocre dads on this episode. Uh, again, like subscribe, share, go follow me on Instagram, Facebook, go follow, uh, or go like and subscribe on YouTube's, uh, rumble, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. Again, I'm Quan Wilcox of Mediocre Dads. I go by Q, of course. Being mediocre is a choice and refuse to be mediocre, guys. Q out.